breaking news from KXAN News. And we start KXAN News at 5 with breaking news. New video showing crews working to put out a wildfire burning out of control east of Fredericksburg. Officials say the orchard fire has burned at least 75 acres and buildings are being threatened. Part of 1631 is closed right now. We do have a crew on the scene gathering more details for you. And in Hayes County, the Oak Grove fire is still burning. And it's burning between San Marcos and Wimberley. It's torn through about 400 acres and is 65% contained. The fire destroyed at least one home. Our very own Jayla Washington spoke with a 75-year-old veteran who lost the place he's called home for decades. Just absolute devastation, to say the least, here in Hayes County. Some parts of the ground still smoldering, even. When you take a look around at all of the burned down trees, you really get a sense of just how impactful that 400-acre fire was. One family who lost their home telling us they are just happy they made it out alive. The Hines family takes a walk. My dad had his workshop um Back here in the back, it's just a pile of metal. As they step on burnt branches, ashy pieces of appliances, and the remains of their home. It's just, it's just total devastation. It really sinks in that it's gone. Michael Hines, a veteran, never thought the home he lived in for 45 years with his late wife would end up like this. My daughter and son-in-law had just come out to pick me up, and they noticed smoke, and they said, we got to get out of here because it's... We don't know where it's going to, which direction it's going to go. Sunday afternoon after church, we came out expecting to see that the fire had moved on and missed this whole area. It's kind of hard to think about it right now. Hayes County Judge Ruben Becerra toured the wreckage Monday. If you're in the area, it's not a man. After a series of updates on Facebook Live. I was very in the space of the fire, of course. At the time that it jumped around and started engulfing the road I was on. Now he and Jude Prather, Hayes County Veteran Service Officer, are doing what they can to help the Hines family and others. Unfortunately, they didn't have insurance. As Texas Forest Service monitors hotspots from the ground and above, evacuating from the fire in time is just one more blessing. Hines is counting. We're not in control. He's been living with stage four prostate cancer and feels like his life has been continuously spared. So when the dust settles, he's ready for what's next. Well, I think it's time to move on. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. And online right now at KXAN.com, we have information on ways to donate to help the Hines family rebuild. Uh, going in depth on this, just how big is this fire? Well, for some perspective, one acre is about 43,000 square feet. That's just under the size of a football field without the end zones. So that means that the Oak Grove fire has burned close to 400 football fields worth of land. According to the Texas A&M Forest Service, there have been 447 wildfires this year with close to 50,000 acres burned in total. Last year, there were over 12,000 wildfires and more than 650,000 acres burned. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Extremely high fire danger out there again this evening, and the worst of it is still to come. Wind gusts from south to north at 17 to 21 miles per hour, including out there in Gillespie County and south of Austin for the Oak Grove fire. Look how extraordinarily hot it is. Not a cloud around in Llano County. 108 degrees on our tower cam there. It's 106 right now in Austin. That's the hottest it's been all day. 104 in Bastrop and hard to escape the triple digits from west to east. 
We are continuing to widen the gap on this longest heat wave ever recorded in Austin today. Our 31st day in a row, a full month of these triple digits. Remember, the previous record was 27 days back in 2011. Coming up, the heat refuses to relent and the fire danger rises. Diving into what to expect in terms of that tomorrow and a little glimmer of hope on the distant horizon. All right, David, thank you. A police officer shot late last night in southeast Austin is expected to be okay. Police say it all happened. It started when someone called 911 Sunday night over some concerns about a neighbor they hadn't seen for months and who wouldn't open the door on the Channel Island Drive street. Now, that's east of I-35 near Slaughter Creek. And APD said when police got there around 9 that night, no one answered the door, so that they broke it down. And then a man with a gun confronted police, and when police went to leave, the man fired at them. He went back into the home and APD brought out its SWAT crews and eventually police took the man into custody. Police Chief Joseph Chacon thanked the quick responses from other neighbors. I do want to extend our gratitude to the Department of Public Safety who, uh, who assisted greatly during this incident. And here on KXAN at 6 tonight, hear from a neighbor who says the injured police officer fled to his garage. He describes that chaotic scene. Today, an Austin judge dismissed the murder case against a babysitter convicted in the death of a child nearly two decades ago. KXAN's Avery Travis has been following this case for years as Rosa Jimenez and her team of attorneys fought to prove her innocence. A few small windows on a screen, representing decades of waiting for a new start. Appearing at a virtual hearing from New York City, attorneys from the Innocence Project and Rosa Jimenez. Convicted in 2005 of killing a 21-month-old child in her care. At the time, prosecutors argued it was no accident when the boy choked on a wad of paper towels. I'm free, you know. Three years ago, from the Gatesville prison where she served more than 15 years, she told KXAN investigators she maintained her innocence. Two years ago, a judge released her on bond, following new testimony from several pediatric airway experts saying the incident had to be an accident. And earlier this year, the Court of Criminal Appeals determined she had been convicted on false evidence, sending the case back to an Austin courtroom. Where, on Monday, representatives from the Travis County District Attorney's Office asked the judge to dismiss the charges against Jimenez. With the dismissal, uh, I offer my apologies for the grievous injury that has been done. It is extremely important that we continue to seek justice. We asked Jimenez how she felt hearing those words. All this time I'm being innocent. Um, and how do I feel? I feel grateful. But the moment held more significance. As we sit here today, her daughter is in labor. Than anyone at the hearing even knew. A new life uh, ahead of me. Uh, my grandbaby just arrived like five minutes ago. <laughs> Avery Travis, KXAN News. New life, new life. And Jimenez and her team appeared on the hearing from New York because she is currently receiving treatment for kidney disease, which has progressed to end stage. Her attorneys say that she's waiting on a life-saving kidney transplant. Going in depth right now on the law in this case, the Court of Criminal Appeals determined the conviction of Jimenez was based on faulty evidence, but it did not agree her team had established evidence of her actual innocence. When we did ask whether this meant that she had been legally exonerated today, her 
her attorney said if a conviction is overturned on the use of false testimony, there's a mechanism in Texas for a prosecutor to take an additional step to dismiss the charges. And that is exactly what happened today. So there is no doubt about it. Rosa Jimenez is officially exonerated. And the Innocence Project also said it expects her to be added to the National Registry of Exonerations pretty soon. An explosion at a paint plant near Dallas early this morning. What we know when we take a look at the aftermath. And some Austin City Council members giving their thoughts on possible changes to Zilker Park. The growing signs the city might not move forward with the Zilker Vision Plan. Thomas. And developing this afternoon, Austin police tell us a person is expected to be okay after being stabbed at Barton Creek Square Mall. That was around 2.30 this afternoon. Austin EMS tells us they took the person to the hospital. Police say they did arrest a suspect in this case. Cleanup continues this evening after a paint plant exploded. This was in North Texas overnight. You can see what that fire left behind at Sherwin-Williams plant in Garland, and that's over near Dallas. Fire officials say the first call started coming in around 1.30 this morning, and some reports claim they heard explosions as far as five miles away. I heard a loud boom followed by multiple loud booms. I lost count over 15. And big bellows of smoke from fireballs uh, rising from the plant. And firefighters knocked down the flames in under two hours. One employee was injured and treated at the scene. The special counsel looking to limit what former President Trump can say publicly about his latest indictment. The new deadline today for Trump's defense team. Fourth day in a row with record tying or setting high temperatures in the Austin area. Tied the record at Austin Bergstrom, so far making it to 106, or more than a half a foot short on normal rainfall for the year. When that may change, though, in a little glimmer of hope on the horizon. Coming up. KXAN. Former President Trump's legal team is responding to and opposing the Justice Department's request for a protective order. Now, this order limits what Trump can share about the evidence in his latest indictment. And on the campaign trail, some of the former president's rivals are ramping up their rhetoric as another election probe moves forward in Georgia. NBC's Alice Barr is on Capitol Hill with the latest. The Trump legal team tonight responding to the special counsel's request to limit what the president can say publicly about evidence in the case involving his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Mr. Trump's lawyers arguing that amounts to censorship of his political speech, while prosecutors say his words could have a chilling effect on witnesses, citing his social media posts saying, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. A Trump spokesman defending the comments as the definition of political speech. Speech. The former president over the weekend also slamming special counsel Jack Smith. This guy's a maniac. They gave me a maniac. As well as the Obama appointed judge in the case and his former vice president, Mike Pence. Now a presidential candidate himself, Mr. Pence has sharpened his rhetoric against his former boss. President Trump asked me to put him over the Constitution that day. And could become a star witness. I have no plans to testify. Uh, but people can be confident, we'll, uh, we'll obey the law. The Trump team arguing he and his vice president merely disagreed over whether Pence could unilaterally move to reverse the election, something constitutional scholars say is not allowed. What President Trump did not do is direct 
Vice President Pence to do anything. He asked him in an aspirational way. Asking is covered by the First Amendment. In an NBC News exclusive, Mr. Trump's closest Republican rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, acknowledging what the former president still refutes. Of, of course he lost. Uh, Trump lost the 2020 election. Of, of course. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden's the president. All this as another potential Trump indictment could come as soon as this week regarding efforts to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And former President Trump is set to speak tomorrow in New Hampshire, while President Biden is heading out on a western swing focused on his efforts on conservation. The first stop there, the Grand Canyon in Arizona. Well, back in Texas, the impeachment trial of suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton is less than a month away. And our partners over at the Texas Tribune report, his legal team appears to be testing the limits of the gag order related to the trial. Uh, the order bans all involved parties from making statements that could impair the court's ability to be fair and impartial. However, a provision says those involved can recite information contained in public records. Well, on Thursday, Paxton's lead lawyer went on a Dallas radio show and read some of the filings verbatim, including some that disparaged the case against Paxton and called into question the evidence against him. The office of Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who is the judge presiding over the Senate trial, has not made a comment about the possible conflict. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, this awful, unprecedented heat wave continues, but we have a little glimmer of hope toward the middle or more likely the end of this month. Climate Prediction Center outlooks showing not drier than normal weather, but instead near normal chances for rainfall. Starting eight days, extending 14 days out from right now, this could mean a little chance of rain. We're also uh, uh, eyeing all of our long-range models here behind the scenes and seeing consistent signs there that during this 8 to 14 day outlook or more likely in the 14 to 21 day outlook, which granted is a ways out and tough to predict, chances of rain could return. Remember last August, we saw something kind of like this. It was 104 to 106 for the first week or two of the month. But then by the end of August, we had several inches of welcome rain and we didn't see triple digits again. So not necessarily expecting something that wonderful, but we will stay on top of this, let you know just as soon as we have something a little more concrete to promise. In the meantime, one of the hottest summers to date continues. We've talked a lot about the triple digit stretches, the total triple digit counts. How about a different metric today? Meteorological summer from June 1st until today's date. We are currently in the second hottest summer in Austin history. To this point, last summer was hotter, so we'll see how the next few weeks of meteorological summer shape up. Boy, the heat is inescapable today. Even over here in Westlake Hills, it's 105 degrees from the Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam. Completely cloud-free skies as this ridge of high pressure, not even a terribly strong one, continues to control our weather from the west. Even though this ridge is kind of unremarkable, extraordinary heat continues with no immediate end in sight. Heat alerts are in effect, including the most serious one on the scale, an excessive heat warning for almost all of the area. This is in effect until 9 p.m. tonight, but then again from noon until 9 p.m. tomorrow. And these are going to continue all week, I think. The fire danger has been so such an issue here lately. It seems like almost every single day we've got a couple new fires popping up. And more alarmingly, the National Weather Service just told us this afternoon that tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday are going to bring the highest wildfire danger yet. 
highest wildfire danger that we've seen all year. Needless to say, a fire weather warning called a red flag warning continues right now until 11 p.m. And then again during the heat of the day from noon until 11 p.m. tomorrow. Please do your part to make sure you're not accidentally starting something dangerous. Texas A&M Forest Service says this has been an issue statewide. 80 wildfires in the state over the past seven days, 41 of those happening just since Friday. We're still monitoring seven active fires across the state and a pretty rare and most serious level four preparedness level continues across the state for any additional problems that could pop up. No real relief coming anytime soon from the tropics. The Atlantic is still completely quiet over in the Pacific. We've got a fish storm not affecting anybody but the fish, but it's beautiful. Category 4 Hurricane Dora tracking due west and not affecting Hawaii, except for some big waves on the south coast. 79 tonight, record tying warmth for the day. Tomorrow, just as hot as today, sunny skies and breezy winds, 106, making the fire danger critical. A lot of these are going to be tying or setting records over the next week with no end in sight quite yet to this extraordinary heat. David, thank you. Just a few days before class starts, Georgetown ISD has a new person in charge. This morning, the school board voted unanimously to hire Dr. Devin Padaville as the district's next superintendent. Now, he previously served as the area superintendent for Leander ISD and an assistant superintendent in Fort Bend ISD. Thank you for um, just welcoming me to Georgetown. This is just such an incredible school district, and uh, I look forward to engaging in the work with you and earning your trust. And the district started the search for a new superintendent back in April when the previous one, Fred Brent, announced his retirement. More Austin City Council members are speaking out against the proposed changes to Zilker Park. Council members Ryan Alter and Zoe Kadri, as well as Mayor Pro Tem Paige Ellis, announced they will not be supporting the Zilker Vision Plan. Their statement says that while the group agrees with some of the proposed changes, like more shade trees and bathrooms, they find other proposals to be, quote, flashpoints of irreconcilable differences. Mayor Kirk Watson has also previously expressed concerns over the plan. Coming up, a Texas team in the president's home, what the president said to the Houston Astros during their trip to the White House. The 33rd annual Austin Pride is this weekend, and a handful of downtown streets, including Congress Avenue, will be closed for Saturday's parade starting that afternoon. Most roadways should reopen by late Saturday evening. Now, online at KXAN.com, digital reporter Kelsey Thompson has a complete breakdown of all of the road closures, as well as ways to get to and from the festivities safely. By the way, Pride organizers say last year's events brought in more than 400,000 visitors. Well, today, President Joe Biden welcomed the Houston Astros to the White House to celebrate their 2022 World Series victory. It's the second time the team has made the visit to D.C. The team last came in March 2018 following their 2017 World Series title. I've done a lot of these. You're an impressive group of men. I mean, you really are. From management on down to ownership, I mean... You care. And the tradition of world champion baseball teams visiting the White House and meeting the president spans almost a century, dating back to 1924. All right, coming up tonight on KXAN, we have American Ninja Warrior at 7 o'clock, then The Wall at 8, Weakest Link at 9 o'clock before we're back with KXAN News at 10. And of course, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9, CW Austin. Here's where to find us over the air or through your television provider.